Hi, folks, and welcome to Film Optimist, where we talk about all things film with a gratuitous dose of optimism. <laughs> I'm your host, Seth Boyd. I'm Megan Tierney. And it is still our favorite time of year, Halloween, spooky season, ghosts galore, all of that fun stuff. And we're coming back with a, another classic from the 70s that mm -hmm. Megan, I think, both watched for the first time pretty pretty recently. I This is a one that I had on my radar for a long time. I finally watched it and like is often the case for 70s horror movies. It turns out to be great or at least really up my alley. Uh -huh. We're talking about The Stepford Wives from 1975, not to be confused with the remake from the early aughts. Mm -hmm. So Megan, you you just watched this I think a couple days ago. So we're kind of on the same page okay. when it comes to this movie. Had you heard of it prior to uh, my suggestion? And did you have any preconceived notions before watching it? I think that, I don't know if I had heard of it. I think I had seen the like trailer and or just like a, a photo of um, Nicole Kidman in the in the second one. So I didn't know that was a remake. <laughs> I sure. it kind of felt like a remake, like even upon looking at it. But um, that's that's basically all I had. And um, only regarding like just the the garb and stuff you could kind of i i think it was a little right um the feeling that it got is dystopian and i think that's what this kind of um partially is like dystopian sci-fi ish but that's basically the mm -hmm. only gist that i got from it and um i would say that's somewhat accurate for what the movie is but it's i i really like the yeah the sci-fi element like um it's a bit of a monster movie is what i'll say yeah, there, there certainly is a, things are not as they appear in uh, American utopia, suburbia. Mm -hmm. um, is, and I, I don't know if it's not the first movie to do that, but it is a pretty iconic one that you kind of see referenced just in other media, you know, TV shows or other movies, or even just like the kind of uh, fashion of a little bit more old school looking yeah. garb, you know? Um, and I, I will say this is kind of was largely in my mind too, because of the recent movie, don't really darling yes that, um frankly i have not seen yet but oh, hearing the description of it is did you like it well no well i thought immediately of it too i was really yeah <laughs> like, I, I wanted to talk to you i'm glad you brought it up i wanted to talk to you about it it's like um, i'm i spoiled that movie for myself because you know, upon <laughs> hearing about it i just thought well shouldn't i watch the quote unquote, original first stepford wives yeah and um my understanding is that it's kind of better for for some complicated reasons that we may or may not get into but it was definitely made recently that is if not homage definitely has Stepford Wives in mind so I think it's kind of got me at least thinking about well you know sometimes there's um, a remake of a horror movie that is necessary or sometimes it's we yeah. talked about uh, John Carpenter's the thing last year mm -hmm. and by many counts the original one is good but it's not John Carpenter's the thing <laughs> you know it's not sure. uh, the classic one we talk about so I don't know it can really be a mixed bag for how good is the original yeah um with horror it's a strange genre in that way typically I think we're both kind of maybe anti-remake like think about uh I just rewatched uh Francis Coppola's version of Dracula uh last uh -huh. night the Bram Stoker's Dracula and that's a really fun lush wild style to it that's all practical effects that just looks great yeah and one of my preferred versions but it's like well it's the original dracula <laughs> yeah know? is it no too is it the one from the 30s like I'm, I'm pretty happy with remakes of that or other incarnations of it or especially with horror too it's like there's yeah. so and well 
even just film in general, but horror especially, I think there's a lot of borrowing and a lot of um just inspiration, sure. I guess, from you know, how many times can you tell a a ghost story or kind of thing? But you know, like <laughs> and that's true of literature. That's true for me, that's true of like a lot of good cinema. I think just um yeah. it's not necessarily like a bad thing to or you just we're never gonna escape um similar storylines, I guess, is what I'm realizing. But there's always a way to what's amazing to me about film is that you can like innovate and um it's a it's your own chance to adapt things and I really like adaptations um I really like um uh, like you say like it's fun to explore yeah. history of of these films and stuff um I'm really glad you brought up don't worry darling because yeah it, I mean it pulled heavily I thought from the themes a lot of um Stepford like mm-hmm. it was just a huge a huge comparison um and people so I don't it was memefied a lot people kind of like shit on that movie pretty hard and um I it was very entertaining it was kind of um I would say even for Stepford Wives I thought it could have I thought Stepford Wives could be trimmed down don't worry darling needed like two or three more passes of editing is what is like the biggest takeaway oh, really? <laughs> literally with um with, with timing but okay. also some of the script felt like first drafts nobody looked at it like it was that was pretty surprising um but but aesthetically like mm. the ideas were all there and it, it was it was very like aesthetically driven right. film um and conceptual horror I guess too was added to it so like that psychological right. element that I think is a part of Stepford Wives um was there too so I it was just such a it was a comparison like definitely that came up for yeah. me okay oh, I'm, I'm glad to hear that yeah I, I'm I'm glad you've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> seen both. Uh, so much. We're not just uh, guessing here, but um, well, you know, with that, what were your thoughts on Step for Whites, and then you know, kind of initial thoughts, like to dislike? Yeah. Well, um, so like you say, right up my alley too. In that, it's a, <laughs> this is a kind of specific dystopian. Uh, mm-hmm. I would say for for women for the idea of of um suburbia being kind of a trap um <laughs> uh marriage being kind of a trap you know um the the traditional housewife being a what would happen if a traditional housewife um that becomes a horror element in and of itself and a lot of feminist theory going on basically is what i'm trying to get at and that's a huge plot point of the of the yeah. film and actually pretty pretty overt theme is that these uh a the woman that moves from New York to Stepford um that's the the name mm-hmm. of the town that they're in the little very um very affluent from what it looks like but you know still the 70s you could probably yeah. afford that when you're a you know a a family which is kind of hard to always hard to watch for me yeah yeah um but gorgeous green lawns you know mansions i would say with the tennis courts and all of all right. of that good stuff um so a woman from or a family basically from new york moves there and the wife starts to realize all the bumps in the night are um actually caused by her husband joining this sort of men's literally men's club or men's association i guess which i mean that's a bit of a um talk about horror but <laughs> like all that <laughs> all men's association that um specific and the caveat is that it's like literally men's only women are not allowed to come and things ensue from there where her it becomes 
increasingly obvious that her husband's being influenced um by some by something of this men's group and his his ways are changing and um they're kind of bizarre she meets them and they're just not what she expects or likes (laughs) at all and um yeah so all of like those horror elements um are really really nice it's kind of like set up as a almost like a thriller because it's not like you know um supernatural in any way to me but like it is still pretty you know pretty horrifying in that regard I think a lot of like um I can certainly see a lot of people relating to this especially suburban America um Americana like women stuff going on like that and Mm. from the 70s it was it seemed very like time specific it was um you know this was my I think like this is my mom's era and I think she would be this would be the kind of horror that she like would glob onto kind of yeah Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the uh the very strong feminist note here because apparently um at the time several prominent feminist critics really liked it while others thought it was just kind of over the top or it was just kind of uh, profiting off of it like I, I don't think it was over the top no no that's funny <laughs> and I think the kind of uh, that happened concerning thing that our main character Joanne notices is that all the wives in this town are maybe too much the uh, perfect idea of a wife they're they're beautiful they're always doting their husband they're always cooking they're taking care of the kids they don't really seem to have a personality interest outside of that and something sinister is going on in that and it becomes increasingly clear that the women are not always like this, that some change has happened to them. And um, I'll just get this one out here now. They're being replaced by robots is what's happening. Mm-hmm. They're uh, being replaced with a copy of them. That That's is right. the ideal woman. So there's a lot of terrifying things going on here, but you, you mentioned the suburbs and I'm, I want to talk about that kind of first. Cause like you, you do have the beginning of this movie is her Joanne looking longingly at her empty apartment that they're about to leave out of New York City mm-hmm. and you have this suburbs versus the city thing right away where there's a she's a I think amateur photographer it's her her passion is what she's doing so what she's good at and she's trying to take a candid photo as they're packing up the car and there's a guy walking by with a uh I think it's, a, it's either a mannequin or a sex doll. I wasn't yeah. really clear. But um, the dad kind of becomes aware of this and said, well, that's why we're moving out of the city into the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And um, before we go further, Megan, your thoughts on the suburbs versus the city. I think, you know, I have strong opinions. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, one to me is much more frightening than the other. <laughs> Fair. Um, well, I think it's it really... So being in the Bay, you know, being in the Bay Area of California, I should, I have to preface it by that because I think it's a very specific thing. <laughs> and um, I, like, as a child, I think growing up here, I'm like, for reference, I'm like 30 minutes outside of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. As kids, we always would say, we're going to move to San Francisco. Like, that's the thing. We're <laughs> My little 10-year-old friends would be like well we're gonna move to New York one day like a big city um I'm very glad personally that I'm now at a point of well first of all um I think anybody will know that's just kind of I would say literally almost unattainable (laughs) these days unfortunately to get into SF my sister loves San Francisco she's working there currently like um she could possibly swing it (laughs) like if you want to do it you could probably do it 
Um, but for me, I think like California Bay Area suburbia is just my home. I, I really grab <laughs> onto it. Um, and it, th- sure. this is a very different suburbia, I would say, than like what's portrayed in Stepford Web. That's to me like almost, um, that's a very just separate like concept to me from what, you know, what my right. like, California suburbia home that's, that's is. That's a good point, yeah. Mm-hmm. This would be more like something. Yeah, in... I, I was raised in a suburb as well. Yeah. But it was also, I could walk to a store, you know. That's right. That's what I think about is just yeah. like, um, well, and just access also to, you know, we have every food food type available. We don't have to go. Um, I could hop into any right. city near me and have like get my Mexican food, get like Korean, food, you know, stuff like that. So um, that's the, right. the, I'm privileged in that way. And it's like, it is a little bit more, the accessibility is there for me. That's why I love my personal suburbia because we'll also just, I mean, it gets, it almost gets political for me, but like getting into the city is, is uh, terrible in terms of like transportation. Sure. I think like, like the poor Bay is just failing in terms of like um, our rapid transit systems. Like it's just a lot of stuff like that. So and we are car people sure. here. Like we are, you know, I'm kind of hunkering down, <laughs> hunkering down in my suburbia, um, uh, but specifically this suburbia. Fair enough, because yeah, I, I think the suburbia that's in this movie and that is kind of the suburbia that I that I fear is just pretty yes. far, far from from your home mm-hmm. and from even like where where I grew up. Like I grew up also in a suburb of the Bay Area in Wanna right. Creek. It wasn't that hard to get access to, uh, well, even to a train that would take you to San Francisco or to that's Oakland right. or Berkeley. You know, so it was pretty easy to go to bigger cities, right, and have a pretty urban life. Stepford here is in Connecticut. It is like the next biggest city is New York, and it seems yeah. to be quite a drive in between. You know, right. it's it's a you could do what day trip and people do, but like that's the day. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to me the the um, suburbs are much more frightening. I I don't live in a big city. I live in Milwaukee. I live in an urban area I'm building. You know, but the isolation that these women have, you know, and mm-hmm. like. Um, Joanne has her friends in New York. She is able to try, like, the places she's selling her photographs are in New York. She can go get food and culture that she misses. And then she even makes one a comment later in the movie when she meets the other men of this men's association, her mm. husband, Walter. Walter's like, he's like, you want to pay any of these guys any time, like, any attention. Those These are dorks who are dumb. <laughs> you don't have anything in common with them. You would not hang out with them in New York. I know. That's that's all that's here you know? yeah. and so you're hanging out with them now um but it, i think for me the big thing is just like it's how quickly the group gets formed and like the mob mentality is not quite the term, the word but the um the elitism i agree the isolationism of like conformity you this is who can live here right and the fear of something who is that like i always feel like i've had more privacy living in the city yeah um in mm-hmm. the suburbs and then if one thing even slightly odd happens in the suburbs, everyone hears about it, especially if like next door, the app is a terrifying <laughs> way to find out how racist your neighbors are. Oh my God. That <laughs> next door would be a great horror movie, like for <laughs> suburbia. Oh I man, agree. that would be. <laughs> and yeah. I, I agree. Like, I think um, yeah. how quickly also the um, Joanna's husband um, immediately falls into the elitism uh, trap, I guess, of the mm-hmm. of the husband. He just does it blindsided by 
um well this is just the way that it is like the um very much just accepting of the the power dynamic i guess and like well anybody who's anybody yeah. is in this club and um i think that they were kind of i'm i mean certainly that was a commentary on his character but like also it made it a lot more I, there, there was like a sinister aspect to him like already yeah. brewing, like even from that little that little uh detail which i really liked right because i think and we should uh, make it clear the movie makes it um abundantly clear pretty quickly this is not her idea at all she's mm -hmm. this was something that was kind of sprung on her pretty quickly and he's giving the reasons of it safer etc and like the first interaction we see them have is him being shitty to her um just saying oh you did a great job tightening up everything and she's like how much time do you think i had <laughs> you know mm -hmm. and we rarely see i think there's only like one scene where he's actually being a dad and he complains about it, like what am i supposed to do with all these kids just like anything every woman on this town does yeah, yeah. <laughs> all day <laughs> which I, I thought was a very on the nose but appropriate uh comment but yeah i i'm under the impression i could have misinterpreted that walter kind of already knows what is happening in stepford and that's why he wants to move there oh. that like and i'm not i'm not sure how but he kind of seems to have the expectation maybe i'm wrong that this is a this is why we gotta go here is um, that's a plan or at least he knows that there's something strange kind of happening and he wants in on it because there certainly is a i need to belong to this group right I need to belong to this men which is very um sad and sinister in many ways like you said because like it's also it's so lonely like uh -huh. the, the men who are in this group don't actually like each other and their only commonality is that they've murdered their wife's replaced it for a robot you know? know and so they have this quote-unquote perfect life but then you also don't have your romantic partner that you should hopefully have interesting oh, wow um and i don't know more and more that there's uh latent misogyny is in mainstream media with Andrew Tate, Jordan Peterson, and people Ugh. like this, it's it kind of becomes increasingly uh, clear how commonly held these beliefs are of this is not a person, this is a function, uh, a right. wife that is to many people. So I think the movie hits really hard with relevancy today, but I don't know. I, I, I think the Walter character, like, yeah, he is very bored. <laughs> he starts mm -hmm. drinking quite a bit more when it gets there but also goes through with it like because it's not a right away thing that she's becoming a robot there's right. some strange sinister things that kind of happen throughout there and it seems to take a few months before this happens so he has a lot of outs <laughs> um of not doing this and the tragedy is she actively well she notices first of all just that um mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. is so off and is um there's a bit of activism actually and like uh, an attempt of a women's movement like in this town it felt like a very like sincere portrayal of just these two um can can right. women going to other women and saying her and uh, bobby yes her and her um, her like um semi new york friend that's also there and is noticing or just doesn't fit in at all needs an outlet and joanna's the one to say like right. well well you know we can talk to people and i think that um it, it almost that's almost a tragedy for me like they they really try they talk to these women and um and i'm i just can only assume that's 
that's probably what happens in real life a lot of times if like um you know not them not the replacing of yeah. wives part but um being being turned away from from those ideas like right. that's a very um very quiet almost but like a a, a real tragedy that many many women have probably experienced so that was um that's kind of hard oh, it was hard to watch yeah because yeah. it is like the the consciousness raising effort that they're they're trying to have that it kind of gets derailed very quickly you know because mm-hmm. uh, there's also like one of the uh bobby's the other main character who's like another great kind of spunky this town sucks let's hang out and drink scotch yeah <laughs> and kind of um do our own thing it's like and they're having fun like let's talk about culture and then they someone mentions to him that they that the town used to be quite liberal and there was like a feminist group headed by all the people who were there completely surprised would have been at the people who were the most just baking all day and dealing with the kids and um seem to have no personality beyond that and one of the first big signs here that like this what what's going on and i think I I knew the twist of this movie before seeing it. I'm not sure if you did or rather not the twist. I knew what happened in it because it's a famous movie, but I think it does really work for a first time viewer, the pacing if you haven't heard what it is. Mm-hmm. Um I think it works really well, the slow, gradual uh reveal. Mm-hmm. But uh, did you know and how did that work for you? Um I, I, I mean I didn't know like the end result, the specific there being their their copies kind of thing i mean you 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 know that like either some sort of like mind control thing is going on basically um even like just the guys of the movie it's kind of like you you can pick that up pretty quickly however um that's why i that was the surprising element to me is like it's to me it is is a quasi monster movie like i said in the beginning like um it it makes it about a, a tangible um it's not a psychological uh, result it's it's a um some they're being you know something is happening to them specifically mm. um i'll say don't worry darling is the same like that that was a part of that was the kind of the the twisty bit <laughs> in don't worry darling right. so i would i i hope you can muster through the two like almost three hour movie that is Seth so we can talk about it <laughs> because it's it's like worth it in some Absolutely. way um but it's just you know I, yeah. I I will preface it by saying like give yourself some uh, a, good, <laughs> a good three hours um right. but but yeah like it was a fun monster movie like twist to me yeah well let's talk about don't worry darling real quick because here's the concern I mean other than like it, it was a hilariously insane um oh fiasco <laughs> in post-production with the promoting that uh is its own can of worms but look that up but olivia wilde the director who i really liked her first movie uh book smart is a very funny uh high school comedy and i didn't realize she was the director um, of that movie yeah so i was so it was kind of a strange change here he like book smart is two female characters it's, it's a feminist but it's a comedy you know mm-hmm. this is we're really talking about something serious it was it was a I agree like I think it was um there were a couple swings and misses I think in terms of like her theming and that's that's what people mentioned um and that I kind of saw as well like um it's so hard because it's like these 
well and and that she's you know it's directed by a woman it's it there's certainly feminist themes going on and right it felt kind of indicative of which was sad like the time that we're in that um that people were so critical of it like so like um well this is like you know just very very against it um kind of really that it was sure. i felt like that it was attached to olivia wilde's name like i really like there had to have been um at least to a degree yeah. some, some of that going on um but like i said i mean literally like um I, I'm, I'm glad that i got the ticket to watch it but it's like um some some passes of the script were were literally felt like first drafts like i i that was my biggest like problem with it um just in terms of like the dialogue as well that was that kind of stood out and just felt kind of Mm. strange i was like why i just i I couldn't believe that that got passed you know that was that's basically my my takeaway from it (laughs) but um but conceptually i mean tons of inspiration certainly especially after watching separate wives like very very similar stuff going on you know I mean, I'm always kind of curious to watch a movie that has good intentions but misses the mark. That's that's a fun, interesting experience, you know, mm-hmm. um, in certain ways. And like you said, it sounds like it has some redeeming quality. I've heard the look of it is great. I've heard the cinematography yeah. mm-hmm. and all that. So we'll uh, somehow fit that into another episode. <laughs> but okay. another interesting thing that goes on in, in Stepford Wives, when we do have these attempts at... Um, at trying to have these political conscious raising meetings with the women is they just keep each woman who has already been there for a while, who's a, a established resident kind of goes into a uh, commercial for something. They start talking about this new clean product and how much time it saves them or a uh, flower that really just the biscuits <laughs> rise even faster and you wouldn't believe it. And there is a very strong consumer, rather anti-consumer capitalist thing happening in this movie too. And there's several shots where they're just kind of driving around town where you pass big conglomerate offices like IBM type of mm-hmm. uh, offices that are out there. And so it's an interesting thing that like these women are not just programmed to be the perfectly submissive wife who will do all the things a man would not degrade himself to do <laughs> in this world, but also to promote the company's probably that their husbands are running <laughs> you know um to do these kind of little commercials and to buy the specific brands that's that's part of it and uh that's frightening too if it's like well how big do they want this to get <laughs> you know this yeah. is uh this seems to be a widespread uh plans beyond stepford <laughs> um oh. and it definitely does have the fear of like who all is in on this because it seems to be larger than just this like eight or so guys in the men's association i feel like there were more references than i realized because that was a straight out of truman show for me that like they, right. must, yeah. they must have yeah. pulled from that it was it was almost like shot to shot you know as well so that was really fun little snippet <laughs> no you're right i forgot that that's definitely a, a has to be inspiration for truman show we should do mm-hmm. an episode on truman show it's a great movie i, I know it's it's one of my yeah. my top and and it, even in Truman Show too, it's that uncanniness of like, um, mm-hmm. uh, I think consumerism itself is kind of, you know, frightening in a way. Uh, yeah. mark- marketing itself can be a really frightening concept because it is, right. I mean, I-, I was a marketing, you know, my, or communications, I should say minor, but we had a lot of marketing stuff and 
it was fascinating that the goal is manipulation. Your 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 goal is like psychological manipulation that you need this thing. And yeah, it's just really fun. <laughs> Maybe the diabolical side of me is like, I find it so interesting and fascinating to be able to yeah. get in in the consumer's head like that. <laughs> and <Right>. um, <laughs> but there that is diabolical as I say it. So yeah. you know <laughs> the concept in the movie. I like that they're they're playing on that as well. That that is a that is American. Um, you know diabolical things themes going on right well then we have the most diabolical of all the the revelation that the the main person who's kind of designing this and heads up this program used to work for disney <laughs> that was a, funny imaginarium right that's right <laughs> that like, feels like a joke a comment that would not be allowed I today know. I know lots of stuff like that going on like little like jokes I would say throughout the whole thing that um really add I mean um it wasn't like to the level of that I feel like it was parody or anything but it, it I, there was just a lot of little subtle things that um that if you know it's right. kind of like if you know you know like you'll um it, it added to the whole theme as a whole and I was just that was right. that was where it shined also <laughs> I, I feel like because like to me it was funny it's like that that just sounds like it'd be like a, a joke on the Simpsons like this evil mastermind here learned this at Disney but it also like Disney's done horrible things I know and is and um it fits and it makes sense that this is like that this guy would be settled in this affluent uh suburb in Connecticut that's <laughs> right know? and even the women are like uh, uh yeah the weird Disney guy <laughs> like it's kind of like a or um joanna is like yeah that that guy's so weird he he worked at disney and that's i mean you're right like it's not it really felt like it wasn't in the she's not in the main zeitgeist she's just not about it and um comments like that helped right. a lot to um to really show the separation yeah absolutely this also has i, I think like kind of the the real horror thriller aspects kick in in the last maybe 20 30 minutes here and it is honestly it reminded me of nope uh quite oh. a bit and i understand it was an inspiration for nope but the the moment of any horror thriller movie like that where the unassuming person starts fighting back is mm -hmm. among my favorite experiences of any movie <laughs> you know and that's so satisfying and open here you do have her ultimately um maybe not killing but striking her husband with a fire stick poker mm -hmm. to escape the house and um, I thought just that as in terms of like changing of tone here, or it's been kind of slow, sinister uh, to fall on the violence of that s sequence really worked for me. Um, and I can definitely see it being an inspiration for Nope. Um, these, oh, not Nope, sorry, Get Out. My apologies. Oh, uh, for these, mm -hmm. uh, this sinister suburb thing. Uh, wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was very satisfied with this movie. It is currently free on Tubi. Yeah. folks if you aren't utilizing Tubi yet check it out it's wild that it's free and has such great movies on it there's commercials but it's free yeah I think my my closing thoughts would just be this this movie holds up quite a bit better than I expected and it's kind mm -hmm. of frightening to think about movies that are considered too extreme at the time that prove true because <laughs> this is certainly I think one of them and um honestly feels more relevant today than it maybe would have been i don't say when it came out but even like 15 years ago that's right just again with having sexist misogynist people who are very openly i am that and embracing it who have a major social media following 
um, or in some cases are on the actual media, it's it's terrifying how relevant this movie was. And it got me thinking about what movies are coming out now or soon that'll be considered too extreme and then later, unfortunately, be proven to be correct. So I don't have examples, but it's a frightening thought. <laughs> That's right. I couldn't agree like more, Seth. I um I kind of like somehow I was not as in tuned when I first watched it about the. F- I mean, you kind of are like the feminist element um specifically, sure. but um I think also this does this does a lot of subtle things um that really help just add to the the frightening element. And well, even for me, it remind like some little. Uh, like we talked about jokes or little like things that they added in that the people say it almost reminded me of stuff that went on in barbie like um the the subtle subtle jokes about um i mean literally about patriarchy and about um that is a um in this movie a horror but in like in something like barbie like it's i think kind of a horror too but but um a tragedy like there's also tragic elements to it i i felt like it was just a quiet homage to that or like recognition of that that um is hard to do and and here was done well um and i think in barbie was done impeccably um yeah and (laughs) i think if you're like i I just agree with what you took from it too like um if you saw don't worry darling and it was like not or i don't know it's more like if you were kind of surprised like i was about the backlash of the you know the feminist aspect of don't worry darling i think do your due diligence and like Mm. see see the arc of this cinematic um theme of these feminists like feminist horror underdwellings and and watch watch stepford wipes to see like how you feel about it to see a better um for me a better script (laughs) a better script about it basically (laughs) honestly absolutely and and we we should uh we should say i fully i fully agree with you about the unfair backlash to don't worry darling being focused on olivia wilde's personal life there's been many male directors who have done basically the same thing of having a relationship with a cast member while still married i think was kind of the accusation the timeline was unclear it's like Igmar bergman's done that <laughs> many, yeah. many directors appeared on bonds very famously it's a it's not a new thing and these reviews did not focus on it historically when it's been men so i think that is unfair uh certainly regardless of some things that the movie maybe gets wrong mm-hmm. well with that let's transition to our recommendations sure yes um <laughs> i want to i know i i've uh, i'm kind of just um i'm pivoting i should say from our mm-hmm. feminist horror which i really enjoy you know i really briefly i there was a a24 film called oh my god i'm gonna blank on the name i think it was called oh it's called men <laughs> it's literally called men i think um men, market, yeah. marketed as a horror i didn't i have not seen it yet um but from what i saw like i may like throw that on the watch list because i think that it's and from the marketing and everything it's kind of pretty obvious that it's a bit of a feminist horror um it's a24 so i don't know why i have not seen it i think it has to be one that i i'll probably watch you know solo um in my life currently um sure. and be be really sad about it or feel you know feel some type of way about it for a while so i uh, just want to throw that out there that i that was an example that i um saw recently that if you're looking for feminist horror that may be a you know a good one a, a recent feminist sure. horror um i want to check that out folklore. Yes. yeah yeah 
I want to check that out myself. Um, but pivoting a little to our fun spooky season that I'm in, that we're all in sure. currently, every night is spooky night here in this household <laughs> and <laughs> every day, basically. And um, I, so I think, I don't know if, how surprised um, Seth will be that I haven't seen this movie yet, um, but I had watched Young Frankenstein for the first time. Um, oh, hell yeah. Yes, oh, okay. so, <laughs> I'm so glad. So much fun. Like right up my alley. I, I wasn't a huge Gene Wilder fan. He's incredible in this. Like he was very magnetic. Um, and his delivery is, yeah. just, per- is just perfect. It, it, he has like a um, very, I mean, obviously nostalgic quality, but there's just, um, he, he's a star. <laughs> like he just has some magnetism to him. That's like very, right. um, I, I could all, he feels old timey. Like he feels like a, like a star from like the 1930s yeah. to me. And this movie feels, uh, it's certainly an homage mm-hmm. to original Frankenstein. It felt like a 1930s film and it's made in the 70s. Um, yeah. Like just so many really amazing uh, cinematic like lore and love going on there and just really fun vaudeville, yeah. you know, skits and uh, stuff going on. I just adored it. I am so uh, We have, um, I was a tap dancer. I was, we talk about um, putting on the Ritz was like a very common you know tap song and um so i knew the song and like the right the weirdness kind of that he does with it we we had a cane and everything and like so i did that before and um Mm -hmm. it was just so fun to see the original and that's the kind of like very hollywoodish but like movie magic that just i love so it was it was a great watch perfect for halloween Mm -hmm. I'm so glad to hear you like that movie. That, that was one of my favorite comedies for sure. I love Mel Brooks and his films. And that, that that movie is so perfect because it does look so much like those James Whale 30s Frankenstein movies. It was and amazing. It's, it's so lovingly done and so profoundly silly. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm so glad you hear you liked it. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a great choice. Fantastic. I'm going a pretty different direction, but I'm so glad that, that, I know. that you have. Uh, shows that one i know i derailed um, i'm kind going of. <laughs> with the uh <laughs> no not at all it's perfect um the original west craven the hills have eyes from 1977 okay um this is a movie that um i i love a, a horror movie that takes place in the desert which is not a lot of and this is one of those but it's also a movie where i did not anticipate who would end up being kind of i don't want to see our lead but like the last man standing <laughs> the person who's making it and it is a it basically it's people who are traveling through the desert um come across locals and i won't say much more than that and there's and problems to ensue but it has i think what to me was one of the most terrifying shots endings of movies just because it is an act of violence from a person you don't expect and the movie just ends very abruptly um, you have this great commentary i think on how tame is the American family? How civilized <laughs> are we actually when uh, you have this suburban family interacting with um, these dangerous people who are attacking them? And who are we really? And some great commentary, I think, on nuclear family that is in no way similar <laughs> to the set for where it's come or it's very bold in what it says, I think. But uh, really good. I thank you for recommending that, Seth. I for some reason, like Wes Craven's uh, films, like they, I tend to like pass them up, especially in like, because um, it was like er- 
well maybe it was was it late 90s or like early 2000s ish era which we kind of talked about a little bit with like with our previous guest is like yeah um we kind of that was sort of like a little bit of a down peak in terms of horror for um for the main stuff that was like coming out at that time but i forget that there you know i i love to be reminded that there's like a lot of gems in there too and and west craven for some reason was the name that like i would just um i tended to like skip over yeah i guess it just for whatever reason and so thanks for that recommendation that sounds great sure because i think he had some night movies and early up okay yeah mm-hmm. yeah his earlier stuff i think the 70s like scream from the night as well but yeah i think um going back to the, the, the guys is uh, a good call mm-hmm. all right folks well that's gonna do it for us this time if you haven't yet go back and listen to our other spooky season episode from this year suspiria with our friend claudio Roberto cortez um it'll be fun to have him on to talk about not just the original movie by Dario Gento, but the whole Giallo movement mm-hmm. and kind of world history of horror in general. Uh, a fascinating guest we're very grateful to have on the show. So highly mm-hmm. recommend that one if you are a horror fan and want to kind of broaden your horizons. I think we often, when we get a guest on here, we end up getting like eight or 10 recommendations just kind of throughout the <laughs> episode. So um, great. If you need to, if you need to add some stuff to your watch list, check that out. And we're, I mean, Claudio, for me, with the most amazing part, he gave he gave this incredible um, like history lesson, basically in, yeah, in what horror you know what horror mirrors and stuff, and um, um, even quickly it reminded me of this film too because it's like it um, well monster movies were in the fifties era were about like from what I gathered from him were about you know fifties um, was about conformity and. Mm-hmm. And that's happening in, um, I think that's happening in separate wives too, you know, obviously conformity, but um, the the horror element is actually conformity in this one is what I think and um, more than just conformity, but um, you know, that feminist fem- feminist yeah. element as well. So appreciative of Claudio always and um, fascinating, you know, really important and a fun way to watch film if you're, if you're into, into it that way. Absolutely. Well, folks, we have some more episodes coming out again uh, soon, so stay tuned. And uh, please follow us on Instagram specifically. Twitter's kind of dead, but we're still there. And uh, if you haven't, give us that five star. And let us know your spooky, what's on your watch list this season. It's always my my favorite thing to hear. Mm -hmm. All right, folks, take care.